This is Smart Women, Smart Power, a podcast that features conversations with some of the world's most powerful women. And I also think it is very important for everybody to realize that we don't make a difference if you're a young man or a young female, because if you meet the standards, Mm -hmm. you will be fit for the job. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. So if you just go to the mastering, try it out, and then if you're fit to the job, you will get in. We feature thought leaders at all career levels, where we explore, among other things, the many contributions that women make to the fields of international business, national security, foreign policy, and international development. Does having women in positions of power influence the outcomes of decisions in these fields? Why or why not? Join me, Dr. Kathleen McInnes, director of the Smart Women, Smart Power Initiative at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, for these incredible conversations. This Smart Women, Smart Power podcast is supported by Lockheed Martin. Today, I am thrilled to welcome Captain Jenny Strom to the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast. Captain Strom joined the Royal Swedish Navy as an enlisted conscript in 1995. Captain Strom has attended various courses at the Swedish Naval Warfare College and the Swedish National Defense University, including the two-year advanced studies course, and you've earned your master's in military science, so you're a master of the military. Your tours at sea included training both conscripted and all professional crews, as well as being a part of a live anti-submarine operations in the Swedish littoral and a number of live mine counter-operations in the Baltic Sea. Sweden has an incredible undersea presence in the Baltic, right? Captain Strom is also a 2022 fellow with the Halifax International Security Forum's Peace with Women Fellowship. And that's where we are doing this podcast today at the Halifax International Security Forum 2022. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) It's so such a delight to sit down with you. So I'd love to get a sense of what drew you to join the Swedish Navy in 1995. (laughs) Actually, it was my mother who had really? a boss that... No, so it was my mother's boss okay. who was a reserve officer in the Navy. Oh. And so he, like, tipped. We are three sisters, so he yeah. tipped. So he said, don't your daughters want to join this summer camp with cadets, uh, mm-hmm. sea cadets? And so my older sister, she did that. And then we all, the other two of us did also. And so actually me and my sister, we went applying. And my older sister went applying and mustering together and mm-hmm. then... She did her conscription time at the, in a submarine, and mm-hmm. I did it on a minesweeper. And then we both really? became officers, but she has left now, but mm-hmm. she was a submariner, and I ended up on the Are surface. You, what was that experience like as a young woman? What was the gender balance like? In the Swedish Navy, or in the Swedish Armed Forces, all our services has been open since the 80s. Yeah. So there has been women, there has been women before. Mm-hmm. But of course, in my um, course to become an officer, I was, was 10%, I think. And we are actually, right now, only 17% in total in the Swedish Armed Forces, female military personnel. 17%. Yeah, 17 yeah. Everything has been open, but we haven't been able to attract sure. the females in sure. that extent that we would like to. It's a career field that is so strongly associated with masculine yeah. and male-dominated yeah. characteristics. Exactly. And, and, but when we look at the force of the future and what we need to mm. succeed in these strategic mm. competitions, mm. it ain't just you know how far you can carry a ruck. It's how can you outthink the adversary and do Absolutely. you have the team, right? Absolutely. But, to turn to 
the decision yeah. you want to talk to today, yeah. which is your role in introducing gender neutral conscription to the Swedish Armed Forces. So tell me, what was happening at the time? We had a conscription service in, in the Swedish Armed Forces before. Mm-hmm. We have had it since a long time ago. But 2010, we, it was laid to rest that law, and we all had an all-professional uh, right. armed forces. Well, and, and that was a, a trend across many yeah. of the Western yes. NATO-oriented NATO partner militaries, right? To get rid of conscription because we wanted to have like lighter, yeah. more expeditionary and all, all, forces. All and all professional, and the, yeah. the focus was abroad and yeah. to do peacekeeping. And of course, we had, a, especially for the Navy, we have always been uh, taking care of the uh, defense at home, but we have been abroad also. But, but I would say, and then the security situation around the Baltic Sea has changed a lot, as in whole Europe. Yes. So 2017, the uh, government in Sweden decided to reintroduce okay. conscription service. And so, at so, that time, so- it was gender neutral this time. So the events in Russia's annexation of Crimea yeah. and the initiation of yeah. a proxy war, that was the beginning yeah. of like a yeah. rethinking of like yeah. expeditionary. And that we need, yeah, and go back to national defense. That was yeah. the biggest focus. And then you need numbers. Mm-hmm. And Sweden is not a member of NATO. We yeah. are, have applied now, but yeah. we are not a member yet. <laughs> I really hope we will. But mm-hmm. uh, 2007, the decision was to reintroduce. And then it was natural that it was going to be gender neutral. It involves every man and women, and it's a duty to serve. It is between when you're 16 to 40, 47. But what happens is that we don't need all of the young. In Sweden, we have a quite small population. It's about 10 millions. Mm-hmm. So when you turn 18, we have 100,000 of them. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that they get a, to fill in a form that's mm-hmm. obligated. So they have to do it. If they yeah. don't do it, they will be put to charge. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and in this form, you fill in your medical status. You fill in uh, what, how do you feel about uh, conscription? Uh, what are your mm-hmm. school background? How much do you exercise? Et cetera, et cetera. And from this, we need to take out right now 8,000 of them to do their conscription. And that is what we need yeah. to build okay. up our war time organization. And in order to get... 8,000. You have to try to muster to take in and do yeah. the real tests. Uh, yeah. You have to try three and a half person right. for so everyone. Let's say that we need 10,000, then yeah. you will have to 30, muster 30,000. 30, yeah. Then we thought it's a gender neutral, but it's also a gender blind system. Because I, when I say blind, sometimes I got the reaction during this last week that this is a negative thing. But I would say it's a, not a negative thing because gender blind is that your gender is not something that is input in like a... Not, not a factor. Not a factor in this. And we don't have any different standards. The standards we have is set to the job you're supposed to do. So it's the same standards for all men, women, depending on what job you're going to do. If you're going to be a sonar operator on a ship, you have a specific standard. If you're going to be a shooter in the infantry, there is a special standard for that. And that has nothing to do with if you're a male or a female. It is because job you're going to do. So is there a difference between gender neutral and gender blind? So I would say it is a gender neutral, but the system we use, it's blind for gender. That is what I mean with blind when picking out. And we are not allowed because it's a discrimination if you're picked out, if you're a man or if you're a woman. So that is not allowed. So 
you were commander and head of the armed forces recruitment section. Yeah, at this that point, was right? and in this uh, in yeah. this 2018, and, I was in yeah. 2018. So the Swedish Parliament has decided to reintroduce yeah. conscription, yeah. and you are there figuring out how to implement it. How to implement it, and we wanted to increase the number of females in yeah. the in the armed forces. Mm-hmm. And at that time, in 2017 or 2018, we only had 17 percent mm-hmm. that. Uh, got into conscription and we were thinking why is it like this why do you get 50 50 so we did a lot of analysis a lot of surveys a lot of deep interviews with the young females to understand this why is it like this and then we understood they don't have the knowledge they don't know what it means to do your conscription service they don't understand what it means and they don't think it's something for them Mm -hmm. when they are filling in their form they say I'm not motivated I don't want to do this this is nothing for me and we also realized that the parents of these young women uh-huh. they were also influencing them because they had also a negative picture of this yeah. is not something for a female it's dangerous and the public they based their like from hollywood movies yeah. and stereotypes and we also realized that young females they thought about us the females that are in the armed forces they thought we were very well trained. We were super trained. We had no families. We had no friends. We lived for our work. And they had so a, like, and like, nobody <laughs> wants to be that person. So of course they don't want to be in the armed forces. So what we realized, we need to change this picture. We are doing campaigns to change this, to try to show that you can be who you are yeah. when you're in the armed forces. Right. We need diverse. We yeah. need everybody. There is a yeah. job for everyone, yeah. I would say. How did you start tackling that? Yeah, we did in our campaigns, for example. Yeah. We had a campaign uh, so, some years ago that called Come As You Are. And yeah. then we showed different types of persons that are in the armed forces right now. Females and mm-hmm. males that are not the stereotype. Yeah. And we had them um, on big display in the subway and every and mm-hmm. in the newspaper and in, mm-hmm. and in TV commercial also. Yeah. So that is how we've been working on this to try to change this. Yeah. The biggest decision, I would say, we understood we need to get to them before they get this survey. And we needed to go out in schools, in yeah. forms, etc. So what we did was that we decided well, that we should have special soldiers and sail- uh, sailors that are dedicated to be school information. We created a role uh, for a soldier and a soldier sailor because they can be from the Navy mm-hmm. also. And their mission is just to go out in schools. And we also realized that they need to be young. They need to be someone that the person sitting in school in the classroom can recognize themselves with, preferably one woman and one man. We wanted them to be recently had done their uh, basic training. The basic training in in Sweden is between nine and 15 months. So after that, then you can be employed uh, Mm -hmm. as a professional soldier or go uh, to be a specialist officer or NCO or officer. And uh, this is like a role for a soldier. So we hire them. We have them spread all over the country and schools can register. We want you to come to us and we advertise for them. And then uh-huh. they go out in schools and inform about the Swedish Armed Forces, about the basic training, about the mustering, how does that work and what expectations. So they can give a more true yeah, picture. Yeah, really like. Yeah, well, what it's like, really like. And what we do also is that we do surveys after. We yeah. do this yearly to follow it up. The willingness to do as has raised 
enormous, but not just f- from the females, but also well, from the males, the because they don't yeah. know either what it's like. The young men doesn't tend to be intimidated by that as much as the females. So that is what we needed to change. So we have seen results. As I said, in 2018, we had 17% females who joined Mm -hmm. the armed forces. And this year we had 24. Wow. So we are going up. Yeah. And we have also had a lot of discussions with Norway because they Mm -hmm. did our journey, but they started 2015. And they are over 30% in Norway now, females doing their conscription. So we are, I'm thinking, because what we've also seen is that when you have a friend yeah. or you have someone that you know, a sister, brother has done this, then you get more motivated and you go more positive. Yeah. So we also think that this a change does take time yeah. and change of perception of how the armed forces is like. And it sort of loops back to how you joined. Right? Yeah. It's that yeah. personal connection. Yeah, it and is. It so is. many other stories you know, mm. of joining the service or joining you know, this field of national yeah. security. It comes down to being introduced by the people and these human connections that are so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it is very important for everybody to realize that we don't make a difference if you're a young yeah. man or a young female. Because if you meet the standards... Mm-hmm. You will be fit for the job. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. So if you just go to the mastering, try it out, and then mm-hmm. if you're fit to the job, you will get in. So I think that's also very important not to say that we need more females, That's and then we bring them in and... But yeah. you have to compete at the same, yeah. because otherwise it's not it's not right. going to be equal. It's not going to right. be good. And that will have reverberations across yeah. the course. And well, how long does the, the term of conscription last? You join and then you do from nine till up to 15 months Okay. training. That's the basic training. And yeah. then you become what I said. You could be a sonar operator on board a ship. You can be a tutor. You can be a medic. Yeah. And then you're placed in the wartime organization. Okay. And so... If you don't continue in the Swedish Armed Forces, you will still have like a That's, obligation. So you will okay. be called in every third year to train again, to keep up your skills. Then after about 10 years, you will fall out of the system. Okay. So it's a 10 years. Yeah. Of, so okay. if we will, and then if we have a mobilization, then we will call them in and they, you have Got it. extra units. But after your uh, conscription service, you can also apply to be a soldier, professional mm-hmm. soldier. Because we have full-time uh, units also. All the naval units, we mm-hmm. only have full-time sailors okay. on board. Or you can uh, apply to become an officer okay. and go to officers training or specialist officers, as mm-hmm. we call them. That's equivalent to NCOs. Mm-hmm. And then you do a one-and-a-half-year training or become an officer's mm-hmm. three years training. So we've talked about equal standards and, and mm. gender-blind, but as... Careers progress as Mm. people age in the system. Women tend to have different family requirements and biological. Yeah, but I would say this is something we also discovered in in the discussions during the last weeks. Because Sweden is a country where we don't have mother's leave, for example. We have parental leave. For example, me and my husband, we splitted our parental leave. So Mm -hmm. I was home uh, 10 months and he was home 9 months. And in the Swedish society, the thought is that everybody has to work. Men and women. Okay. So we have a very developed uh, childcare system and everything. But 
I feel that it is expectations on females to take a bigger responsibility, but we have mm. come further, I would say, compared to many other countries, depending on the couple, of course, but we have a more equal mm-hmm. that it's not expected. I expect all my males to take parental leave, for example, the yeah. young people I have, that I have to take in an account and mm-hmm. I have to t- take in an account for the females also, of course. Yeah. There's no problems with it, but we have to think about the expectations from the society also. Yeah. Yeah. Now I am a commander of the third naval warfare flotilla, so I have personnel and uh, I have corvette squadron, uh, MCM squadron, a supply squadron and a staff. And, mm-hmm. and within my units, we have 23% female within my oh. flotilla. And we have a lot of young mothers that are out there working mm-hmm. on board the ships, and, but it's tough for the men also. I don't always think that we should do it to a women's question. It's a parental question. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. So return to the set of decisions about gender neutrality Mm -hmm. in in the conscription. Do you believe or do you feel that being a woman impacted how you approached that problem set and the decisions associated with it? Mm, Um, I've I've been thinking about that and I think, yes, a little bit. Because I think I could understand the young females, how their perception, but I'm also, I mean, I'm trained, I've become part of the system, so Mm -hmm. I don't see everything, but I think maybe a little bit, yes, uh, to uh, be able to understand that they have this, because fear and uh, not thinking that they should fit in, etc. I was told that when I did my mastering, I was yeah. told that, uh, oh, no, on a minesweeper, no, 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 no females on a minesweeper, that's too hard for you. What? Don't you, wa- don't you want to do something else like uh, communications or something that's so much uh, more suitable for a female? And I was, then you don't say that to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was, no, I really, yeah. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. This has been a wonderful conversation and enjoy Halifax. Oh, thank you very much. Subscribe to the Smart Women Smart Power podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great content. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Smart Women, or you can follow me on Twitter at KJ McInnes One. Thanks for listening and join us next time. This Smart Women, Smart Power podcast is supported by Lockheed Martin.